Hey guys, this is Rick Godwin, pastor of Summit Church here in San Antonio. Thanks for joining us today. You know, we're excited to have you on our podcast. Our goal is to inspire you and to challenge you and help everyone realize their full potential in Christ. Now enjoy the message. Well, I want to talk about limiting God, limiting God. Uh, when our girls were little toddlers, I got them two little Yamaha four-wheelers, gas-driven four-wheelers, and I got them helmets and took a class. But on those little motorcycles, which will go really fast, they had a governor. They had, we called it a limiter, but it was a screw that mom and dad could push down so little one couldn't be evil Knievel. You, you could only go so fast. And when I went to school, in high school, school buses all had governors on them. Anybody remember that? No matter, you can push the accelerator all the way down, that bus won't go any faster. So they limited that. And I want to talk about what we do to God. Psalm 78, verse 40 through verse 42. It says, how often they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert because they limited the Holy One of Israel, and they did not remember His power the day He redeemed them from the enemy. There is power in praying big prayers, the power of asking in total confidence that our God is a strong and mighty God. I want to stir us this morning to believe for something way beyond what you think is even possible. I want us to take the limits off our God. Now, if God wants to limit me, that's cool. But I sure don't want to limit me in what God has for me. So I want us in this service, and for those of you that are watching online, to realize we have the same problem today Israel had in theirs. We limit our God. Now, if you read Psalm 78... God lists miracle after miracle after miracle. How God rolled back the Red Sea. How God fed them with manna. How God clothed them for 40 years and their clothes did not wear out. How God gave them air conditioning in the day with a cloud and a heater, a pillar of fire by night. And then he lists one supernatural thing after another. And then he says they began to limit that same God. And God says, you grieved me. Why? Because they limited him. They did not give God the privilege to do everything he wanted to do for them. Now, that's not going to be good to find out from God. You didn't allow him to do everything he wanted to do for you. That's called bad news. They limited him. See, now God wasn't limited in his ability or power. They limited him by their unbelief. Clear scripture. Matthew 23, verse 37. Jesus said to the city of Jerusalem, and maybe some of you this morning, how often I would have taken you under my wings, I would have blessed you, I would have protected you. How often I would have, but you were not willing. So God says, I would have, but you would not. Now, that's kind of amazing to me when I think about God's unlimited power. I would have, but you wouldn't. You limited me. Not the devil, 
not circumstances, you, believer, you limited me. See, if you're running short, if you're limited in some area, please know that God is able to do bigger and better and greater than any of us can conceive in our little finite mind. In 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9, Paul writes, Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. And I want to add, and those who will not limit him. Ephesians 3, verse 20, Unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. He can do more than you can ask for. He can do more than you think he can do. Now, God's challenging us. He says, not only can I do more, I can do exceedingly abundantly more. That's a lot more. Are y'all, is this crowd, am I in the Mission Ridge funeral home? How many of you could use more? Yeah. Well, God says, stop limiting me. See, in other words, don't limit God. It's time to turn God loose. I'm asking today for this place to change, that the days of small prayers will be over. You know, it's time to pray big prayer, not Mickey Mouse, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Give me a break. Let's pray some big prayers, right? And receive big answers to those big prayers. Take the limit off of God. No restrictions, no limitations. When we say he is a sovereign God, it means God can do what he wants to do, where he wants to do it, with anybody he wants to do it with. It doesn't matter who's in office. It doesn't matter if there's a heat wave. It doesn't matter if there's a COVID pandemic. It doesn't matter what the culture is saying. It doesn't matter what your mom and daddy say. God says, if I decide to do something with you, where you are, like you are, I can do it, and I don't need anybody's permission to do it. I like that. This is a little bit about our God, you know? He doesn't have to ask permission. His power is limitless, and he has so much more for us if we'll simply take the limits off, and that's the theme of this message. God would clothe himself in skin through Jesus, he took on flesh incarnate. Matthew 27, 2 says, and they bound Jesus. Now, the last thing we want in here, folks, is a bound Jesus. I want Jesus free, not bound, free to heal, free to deliver, free to encourage, free to bless, free to save, free to move mightily among us. God, deliver us from being a church that is dead, dull, and boring, even in a heat wave. That's not going to reflect what I believe my God can do. I don't want to limit God. Somebody needs a miracle. Somebody needs salvation. Somebody needs healing. Somebody needs deliverance. So why don't we take the limits off God this morning? You know, when we gather together in his name, anything is possible. If you hear a negative word driving out today or from your kids, you say anything is possible. That comes straight from God. 
A virgin can conceive. You can be fed with unsaved, unclean people. God can use ravens to take care of you, to bless you, to do something nice for you. God turns the heart of a king any way he wants to. He can open the Red Sea. He can hold your clothes and let them not wear out for 40 years. And if you got kids, that'd be really nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, so anything's possible. Let's become a church where Jesus is not bound. We bind him in unbelief. We bind him in pitiful, small prayers, little petitions. See, imagine Bill Gates, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, billionaires. Invite you to come in before them with your dream, with your need, and ask for whatever you want and whatever you think you need. And imagine walking in, knowing they have everything you need and knowing they want you to have it. And you say, could you give me a hundred bucks to get by? What? I think Americans say, could you lend me a hundred dollars? I'll pay it back. And the billionaires look at each other in total amazement. See, when we go before the God of heaven who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the prophet Haggai said, the silver and gold is mine, the Lord said. And we bind him with small faith, little dreams, low levels of satisfaction. Boy, is it time to ask him for bigger and better things. Free God up to do some supernatural things. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he hadn't changed, what changed? It's got to be me. It's got to be you. We've got to get a bigger dynamic going. Now, some of you have been raised, particularly in the South, well, I don't want to be greedy. I don't want to ask the Lord for too much. I don't want to appear to be ambitious. Stop that. That, that is not biblical at all. I can do way more, exceedingly abundantly more than you ask or think. God says, so ask me and see and I can do great things for you. I mean, nowhere does God put a limit on what we can ask him for. Nowhere at all. And so I'm saying, don't get into that religious funk about, well, uh, you know, I don't want to ask the Lord for too much. Well, then how much is too much? You tell me how much is too much because he didn't say he never told anybody, nope, that's too much. Back off. No, you got to go to church for that. You ask for anything, anything. Now, you wouldn't ask for something wicked. Okay, I, I realize that, uh, but uh, selfish. But my point is, if, you, if I got a dream, a career, if I need uh, elevation, if I need uh, supply and resources, we're going to have to ask big. And I don't ask on the basis of where I happen to be at the moment or what I happen to have. That's what I'm going to need, and I ask God for it. Now, if I was going to ask Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk, I'd ask for everything they got. Well, I, I got a God bigger than them, and I'm going to ask him for everything he's got. And if we refuse to limit him, I promise you, he'll do some phenomenal things for his people. He will. Scripture says God was grieved. Why? Because they limited him. 2 Corinthians 7, verse 6 says, nevertheless, God. See, God is nevertheless. He's always the more. He is never less than he ever was. He is always the more. Hey, you're never going to wear God out. You'll never wear God down. Even if he met every need in this room and those watching online and gave you everything you need, he would never be less. He's always the more. He will always have more grace than your sin. 
He will always have more power than your dippy problem. He will always have more mercy than you have made mistakes. He will always have more supply than you have need. He will always have more forgiveness than you have failure. He is nevertheless. He is always more. So stop limiting him. Nobody, nobody will ever strain God's spiritual budget. I don't care how big your dream is. He will never have to reach into his reserve. Angels won't have to massage him because he's so worn out fixing your problem. I'm telling you, we limit him through our unbelief. And God is saying, don't grieve me. Don't provoke me by limiting the Holy One of Israel. Every one of us needs to believe for greater things and to pray bigger prayers and ask God to do more gigantic things. No more now I lay me down to sleep. Prayer. Somebody tell your neighbor, this is good. This is better than your response. This is good stuff. It is. Luke 1, verse 37 says, For with God, nothing shall be impossible. No challenge is too great. No demon is too powerful. But we limit God with our prayerlessness. You know, I'm looking around. I want God to fill these seats. I know we're comfortable. That's, that's the place you die. Comfortable. We have plans already drawn by our engineers, already bid out for a gym on our property with three NBA courts, and it's because we're on a hill. It has two stories with classes underneath for everything. It's about a $6 million thing. Now, when I think about the God of heaven, six million bucks is chump change. You might say, oh, my God, oh, my God. No, 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 no. God says he's unlimited and what he can do. I'm telling you, those are things on the table. Those are things that are possible. God can change it in a day. If we started praying, God, we want bigger things, better things, not only in your life and career, but for our church and the Summit family. You have no idea. He can walk people in here out of nowhere. He can write a check for $3 million and says, let's get the, get the surveys going and, and get the thing underway. God's not limited. We are limiting him. Let's ask for some bigger things. Ask for that tuition. Ask for that scholarship. Ask for that admission. Ask for that house. See, John chapter 16, verse 24. Jesus speaking. Up to now, you've asked me for nothing in my name. So the reason not much is happening is you're not asking. See, you think about your problems. You talk about your problems. You don't sleep well with anxiety at night because you don't have the answers. But Jesus said, until now, you've asked nothing in my name. You're limiting me when you're not asking. Then he says, ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. Now, notice he didn't say, but please don't ask for too much. He just said, ask. You decide how much. You decide what. You make that choice. So we limit God with small prayers or no prayers. You have limited me by not asking. You know, anybody got kids? Well, I don't think they ever have a problem asking you for money, asking you for something or to do something. Our kids never, never were intimidated to ask. They barge in, want $100 or $20, and fully expecting to get it. They didn't ask me how I felt. They just said... I need, Papa, would you give me? 
And I guarantee you, your kids did the same thing. And the Bible tells us that we can come before God boldly, making our requests known to God. And he's full of grace and mercy. We don't crawl before God like, I don't know if he's in a good mood today. I don't know if I should bother him. He's telling you, you come before me. You're my child. You come boldly and making your requests known, crying, Daddy, Daddy. So we've got a big daddy who's wealthier than these billionaires, and he can do anything. He can heal a hurt. He can bring deliverance from your addiction. He can, he can solve a marriage problem. He can give you a new job that's better with better benefits and uh, better pay. That's all possible with our God. But nothing's possible if you don't ask him. And you keep on asking him. Push him. Push him. See, develop the audacity to ask. When God told Abraham... He was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, Genesis 18. Abraham, think of him. Abraham, in his boldness, begs God to spare these cities. And he's very bold in asking this God of heaven, would you spare them, Lord, for 50 righteous people? God says, okay, yeah. Well, Lord, be patient with me. How about 40 people? Okay, Abe, I'll do it. How about 30? He's really lower in the bar. Yeah, I'll do that. Well, Lord, please entreat me again. How about for 20 people? Would you spare San Antonio for 20 righteous people? Yeah, 20 is okay. How about for 10? Yes. And that's the end of it. Now, why did God stop at 10? Because Abraham stopped asking when he stopped asking, God stopped answering. Here's a good question. Where have you stopped? Where did you stop asking God? There was a time that you were talking to him, asking him for stuff, I'm sure. Where have you stopped? You think it's going to be a little bit inconvenient for him to help you do more, to better your life? See, God likes for us to ask for bigger miracles. He never rebuked Abraham for asking. God just needs somebody to believe and take the limits off. So when we ask, ask big. Don't ask God to add. Ask him to multiply. Ask him for more than enough. Don't limit the God of Israel. I'd rather ask God for too much than not enough. If God doesn't want to do it, that's fine, but it won't be because I didn't ask. And let's stop our ant-sized request, ant-sized expectation, because we serve a mighty God. How many remember the actor Jimmy Stewart? Yeah. Well, he left all of his movie memorabilia from all of the movies he ever did to a university that nobody ever heard of. Why? Well, when a reporter asked him why, he said this, because they asked. <laughs> Is that complicated? Because they asked. Why did she marry him? Because he asked. You old gutless thing, you were afraid of rejection. He asked, that's it. I wonder how much we're living without just because we don't ask and we limit him. Hey, folks, learn to teach those kids that. Ask for a better table. I don't want one near the kitchen door. Ask for an upgrade. Ask for that position that just came open. Ask for a better price. Ask. You have not because you ask not. James 4, verse 2. Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your kids, 
How much more will your unlimited Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? How much more? Would you say that with me? How much more? Oh, come on. Say it with a little passion. How much more will God do it to those who love him? I, we parents want to give gifts to our children and do good things for them. He said, yeah, and if you fallen evil people know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more will your heavenly father do for you? See, we need a bigger better view of who God is. Our perspective is way too small. You know, I think he's going to be, well, I wasn't, I didn't have a good week and I certainly didn't behave properly. And I don't, I'm sure God's not going to be in a good mood if I asked him, who told you that? He's always in a good mood. Second Chronicles chapter 16 tells us about a king named Asa. He got diseased in his feet. Verse 12, yet in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, only the doctors. Now, God's not against doctors because Luke was a physician. But Asa never asked God to help him. Somebody wrote this poem. It says, thou art coming to a king, large petitions with you bring. For his grace and powers are such, none could ever ask too much. That's who we serve. I promise you, God cannot be exhausted or worn out. So ask him for some huge things, just like Abraham did. Ask for your family. Ask for that house. Ask for that miracle. Well, it just doesn't seem possible, and nothing is impossible. Ask. Ask. Let God do the super. You can do the natural. Ask. Don't limit God. Two things cause us to limit God. One, prayerlessness. I don't pray. And two, a wrong perception of who God is. See, if the Holy Spirit's in us, the Holy Spirit is God, and he's everything God is. That's what the Bible says. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So take the limits off. Believe God for something exceptional. Believe him to use you in a powerful way. Matthew 15, a pagan Canaanite woman comes to Jesus with a demon-possessed daughter. And Jesus kind of pushes her off since she wasn't an Israelite. He said, it isn't right to give the children's bread to dogs. But she had some perception of who Jesus was that was quite remarkable. She knew who he was and the power that he had. So she cleverly responds, yes, Lord, that's true. But the dogs, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Well, I mean, this girl had so, she knew Jesus had so much power. She didn't need a slice of bread. All she needed was a crumb. A crumb from the master's table had enough power to deliver and heal that daughter. And she got it. See, she wasn't afraid, an outsider in that culture and being a woman and being a Canaanite woman, she got what she asked for. What are you asking for? If that Canaanite woman can get it, I'm a believer in Jesus, blood-bought, redeemed, and justified. I can get it too. Another woman had an issue of, you're the most passive people. That's it. Are you having, did, did you take fentanyl or something before you came in? Okay. Stop magnifying your problems. 
Nobody magnifies the good. Oh, I had a headache. You'll tell 20 people before you get in here, you just had a migraine last night. But you won't ever say something that God did for you and tell 20 people. It's amazing how our culture is so negative, so negative. See, so stop magnifying your problems and start magnifying God. Stop magnifying the enemy. Start magnifying God's power. Stop magnifying your need. Start magnifying God's supply. Don't limit God. God's not going to get a wedgie because of your problem. Now, I close with this. Mark chapter 6, verse 5 says, Jesus came to his hometown of Nazareth, and he couldn't do mighty works there, except he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. So apparently, in Jesus' mind, healing was not even a mighty work. For Jesus' mighty power, just healing a few folks, doesn't even qualify as a mighty work. That's just crumbs from the master's table. His own hometown limited him. He had to go to strange places to do mighty works. And you know what, folks, in the new covenant, the church is his hometown. We're his family. This is his house. I wonder how often maybe he's come and said, well, I wish I could do some mighty works in this place, but nobody's asking me. No one is perceiving how powerful and willing I am. They limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited him with unbelief. Not the devil, not circumstances, just his own people. So let's ask God for big things, great things. We feed on leeks and garlics when Calvary has promised us milk and honey. We're eating spiritual bologna and potato chips when Calvary purchased filet mignon and lobster. I had a friend this past year tell the story of a man who got on a cruise ship from England to America where his family was. He saved enough money to buy the ticket. He bought the ticket, and then he gathered all of his clothes that he had to take with him. He also packed food for this long journey. He took enormous amounts of cheese and crackers. He had crackers in the morning, crackers at noon, crackers at night. He would watch people in the cafeteria eat at that magnificent buffet and the midnight buffet while he's eating cheese and crackers. The last day of the cruise, the captain who has noticed this man every day in the cafeteria eating cheese and crackers among people eating plates overflowing with luscious food, the captain walked over to the guy and asked him a question. He says, why don't you go up and enjoy that beautiful buffet? The man said, I didn't have enough money to pay for the food. And the captain with a sad face said, oh my God. Didn't anyone tell you you've been eating cheese and crackers this whole trip when your ticket included all the food we have with it? Some of you are going to get to heaven and realize you've been living on cheese and crackers when Calvary bought you so much. <laughs> Philippians 4, 9, 4, 19 says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Listen, on the cross made it possible I don't have to live on cheese and crackers anymore. He purchased my health. He purchased healing. He purchased deliverance. He purchased my salvation. It's a legal right I have as his child to enjoy what I didn't pay for, he paid for. And you're going to live on a low level to being humble? 
No, no, no. I want everything he purchased for me. If somebody in my family or relatives died and left me in the will, I don't care if all it is a lawnmower, I want it. I'm going to claim everything in that will that's mine. And Jesus gave a last will and testament to you and me. And the Holy Spirit is the executor of that will. And he wants to give you healing and health and deliverance, take care of your financial need, help you achieve your destiny and fulfill God's purpose for your life, to save you and redeem you. That's been purchased for you for crying out loud. You don't earn it. You could never earn it. The day I think I earn it, then you, oops, you, you miss again. You cannot perform to merit God's favor. You come to his son, Jesus, and he accepts you. And on Jesus' behalf, the father receives you. You know, sometimes our kids can drag somebody home that we wouldn't have home, but because they're with our kid, they get in. You better be with the right kid. You better be with Jesus or the father won't reject, will reject you and will not allow you there. It's Jesus or nothing. Calvary paid it all. Now I want to do something for a moment, if you, unless you're infirm. Let's get up on our feet. Give God just a little brief shout of praise. Come on. Let's take the limits off God. Lord, we bless you. We praise your great name. We love you. Thank you for all you are and all you've done. We bless your holy name and rejoice in who you are and what you purchased for us. Thank you, Jesus. Now, since we all got up and came to church, why don't we take the limits off God this morning? God turns maybes into miracles. So let's do a mass confession together. I'm going to put it up on the screen. I'm going to read loudly. You read out loud. Don't wait for me to say it, then respond. Let's just say it together. Ready? Heavenly Father, today I walk in an attitude of gratitude. I thank you, Lord, for showering me with your blessings and supernatural favor in every area of my life. I thank you for blessing me when I come in and blessing me when I go out. I thank you for vision and provision. Thank you for protecting me from the negative effects of inflation, deflation, and recession. Thank you for keeping me healthy, prosperous, and wise. Thank you for overflowing abundance in all my storehouses. Thank you that my bills are paid in full. Thank you for blessing me and making me a blessing to others. Thank you, Lord, that I leave an inheritance for my children's children. Thank you for blessing me above and beyond anything I could ever hope or imagine. Thank you for making my enemies to be at peace with me. Thank you for making this day my receiving day. Thank you for increasing me, for expanding my opportunities and blessing me in everything I do. Thank you for checks in the mail, better jobs, raises, promotions, inheritances, bonuses, royalties, rebates, fringe benefits, sales and commissions, unexpected increases, unexpected income, debt cancellation, financial windfalls, money in the bank, rewards, good success in my career, for good harvest where I did not plant. 
Thank you for planting me by rivers of living water. My leaf shall not wither, and whatever I do shall prosper. Thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us today. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. Follow me by visiting the links in the description. I'm praying today that God richly blesses you this entire week.